everybody welcome back to our final episode that we'll be doing of sink or swim i'm summer i'm lexi and i'm heidi (laughs) thank you heidi for chiming in there so um this last episode we're just gonna kind of talk about um mental health as we went through medical school as you all probably know medical school is a really hard time not just academically but also emotionally mentally physically all of the things um so I think we're just gonna kind of share our experience as we've gone throughout these four years kind of share where we had the most difficult some things that we thought were helpful any tips we have um as also and then we'll kind of finish off with going through some of the resources available to students and um any general advice or areas that they can um, get some help in so um what else did I miss anything else that we're going to talk about I think that about covers it. All right. So I think maybe we can just start by perhaps just sharing what we thought was kind of the most difficult or maybe at what time we thought was the most difficult. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, sounds good to me. Okay. Um, okay, I can go first then. So <laughs> I guess I've all told myself. Um, so for me, there were I think a couple points that I thought kind of tied in my opinion, for being the most difficult. I think one would be the time period of studying for step one. Mm. And then I think the second one would just be um, kind of like the end of December of third year. I feel like I was just so tired by the end of that point. Um, and like, I we were, I already talked about this in one of the earlier podcasts, but I'm just like more of an introverted person. So going to these rotations and being in front of people for 12 hours a day, Um, like six days a week sometimes was just like very like emotionally exhausting for me um you know even though like it it was fine like I can do all of that it's just I feel like I didn't have as much time as I like to at the end of the day to just kind of like decompress and recover and like recharge all my batteries and I think it's hard too because you were traveling to your so it's not like you were driving 10 minutes home and then you had however much time it's like we were finishing these 12 hour or more, like sometimes shifts were longer shifts and then getting in the car and driving, I mean, for surgery at least like an hour and a half back, which were my longest hours. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my surgery was like, it was 45 minutes there, 45 minutes back and then pediatrics. I think towards the end of pediatrics, I think was where I was like the peak of like my exhaustion kind of hit. That was like an hour one way and an hour back. Yeah, the drive makes a big difference, I think, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And I think towards the end of things, I kind of tried to make the drive a little more therapeutic, Um, just kind of like, you know, like trying to like, you know, start unwinding during that hour drive. But it's still kind of hard, especially when you run into like rush hour traffic. Um, Especially driving in South Florida or Miami is like, oof. Yeah. Not a relaxing experience. Yeah. I got rear-ended by a cop a few weeks back. (laughs) Yeah, Lexi, can can you share that story just a little bit? Give us some levity in our mental health topic. So I was released early from my Nikki rotation. So I was released like 4 o'clock, was really excited to get home early on a Friday and was like, oh, wow, like I'm going to go to dinner, all these things. So I'm driving home. There's a lot of traffic. I'm on the express lanes driving home from Miami. Before I know it, boom, I was rear-ended totally fine, pulled over, and the guy behind me gets out of his car. I also walk towards him, you know, just ask what's going on. And I'm like, all right, I guess we're going to have to exchange information. We'll let insurance deal with it, yada, yada. And the guy essentially is like, no, like it's going to be a whole process. This is going to take a while. 
And I'm like, sir, what do you mean? <laughs> like, what do you mean this is a process? And he's like, oh, like, I'm an undercover cop, so this is going to be challenging. Mm-hmm. And so at that time, I thought it was just going to be, like, extra paperwork or I had to sign some things, whatever. But it turns out we had to wait for the, like, supervisor of the cops to come and fill out a report and then in the meantime he had like several of his cop buddies that just like stopped by to make sure he was okay and so every time one of them stopped by I thought I was gonna get to go home. Didn't crime scene investigation come too? Yeah that was later in the day. (laughs) So first it was just waiting outside in the rain and then eventually crime scene investigation came with their whole setup of cameras and like I don't know what they do but crime testers things. (laughs) Yeah to to test the scene but it was like a two three hour fiasco that's so nuts. the drive can definitely contribute to your mental health <laughs> long story short or your mental on like on wellness <laughs> yeah <laughs> illness so beyond getting hit by a cop lexi what do you think were some of the hardest parts for medical school for you so for me i think it's also a tie i think one of them was just like the beginning of first year in general you think just transitioning to med school and you know just the amount that you have to study and the fact that a lot of times studying isn't necessarily fruitful um that was a really hard transition for me because I think you know an undergrad if I would study for you know three weeks or anything a lot less than that I would do very well on my exams I agree with that. I don't think I'd ever really pinpointed that was the source of my frustration. (laughs) (laughs) But I love that you gave that a name because I think that's so true. I think that happened with me a lot in fundamentals is I would spend hours studying and then never see a question on that topic. And like, while in hindsight, you know, those hours studying probably like helped me in some way and somehow in the future, it was just like what you're saying is true. Just the fact that you study doesn't guarantee that you're going to do as well as you wanted Um, that's like a time that I really struggled too was like not to jump the gun here but like the beginning of first year was really tough for me as well and I think one of the big things that contributed to that for me was not only is it like I'm hours in does not equal like good scores or whatever but on top of that in undergraduate when you're pre-med like you're taught that you have to be above average like you have Mm -hmm. to be in the top 10 percent or only three percent of people who apply to med school matriculate or like whatever all of these stats that scare you like crazy and just tell you that like you have to have to have to be the best and then you get into med school and you're with all of the people who were the best and like not to you know hype us up too much and be like we were so great but it's like almost the opposite where now you're surrounded by all these people and it's much more difficult to be above average when you're with a bunch of people who made it into med school. And so adjusting to success is not necessarily scoring above average or success is not necessarily tied to your grade percentage or whatever was really a hard adjustment for me and just kind of accepting that like, it's okay not to be the best when you're surrounded by a bunch of medical students. It's okay not to be scoring above average. It's okay to score at average. like allowing myself to be average was a tough transition. I think you bring up a really good point. I remember in first year when I would be like nervous about how I'd perform on an exam and I'd talk to my family about it and my family would say things like, oh, but you're so smart. Like you're always so smart. And I'm like, yeah, but mom, like everybody here is so smart. And so I think it was a bit of a transition to kind of realize like I'm sitting with such incredible people and you know, we're all kind of just like average to some degree and learning that 
a lot of this is for the long haul. Like we're learning things, not necessarily to perform well on our on our exams, um, as annoying as that might sound, but you know, just to get used to studying what works for you and well, hopefully to retain some things for the long haul. Yeah, just studying not for an exam, but to be a competent doctor, really, at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's hard to, it's, it's easy now in hindsight to be like, it doesn't matter. That didn't matter. It didn't matter what you got on that TBL. It didn't matter, you know, that you scored X on that exam. And I think that's really easy to say in hindsight because we, we made it. Right. But, yeah, of course. But, but <laughs> but it would matter a lot. <laughs> at the time it is really hard I remember actually like during fundamentals I got to like the finals like wait a second if I don't score above x I'm not going to pass Mm -hmm. and having that realization was overwhelming to say the least and I think a lot of people also had that situation and I'm sure fundamentals in general has changed since we were there but like I have it on good authority that it has changed. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So it probably has changed a lot, but I'm sure a lot of the same mental thoughts are still relatively the same. Sure. I think a lot of people come into medical school, like never having failed at anything academically. And for me, like, I mean, I'm not shy about it. Like medical school was the first time that I struggled to pass something. Like fundamentals was a super hard transition for me. Mm -hmm. And while I ended up doing it and I ended up doing great, like towards the end of, you know, like, in the future, fundamentals was a struggle and like it was a hard transition. And that's something that's like really a tough pill to swallow when you were previously an academic overachiever. Any other tough times for you, Lex? <laughs> yeah, I think the thing that I was tied with was also my step one study period. So I think for me, this was a little bit more challenging just because I had some personal health issues that I was going through at the time. So I had surgery during my dedicated study period And, you know, having an exam that you need to take at a specific time, you know, coupled with the fact that you want to really make sure you're retaining this information is really hard when you have to balance doctor's appointments and having a surgery and recovering from that surgery. Um, You know, and it's, it's difficult when you can't do the things that you usually did to recover and to cope. So for me, I loved going to the gym and doing yoga. So, you know, when I had surgery during my dedicated period and couldn't, couldn't do those things, couldn't do yoga, couldn't even really stretch that much. Um, You know, it was difficult. And I think I had to rediscover myself and rediscover what things that I could do to cope through that period. Definitely. Uh, It was like incredible watching you kind of like succeed through that. Thank you. And I also give a shout out to my friends. I couldn't have done any of this med school experience, especially my hard periods without them. Yeah, Yeah. So I feel like you're already kind of touching on it, but so you're bringing up these things about like coping mechanism and friends. So maybe... I talk about my hard times. Oh, I'm so sorry. Heidi, <laughs> please talk about your hard times and then we'll come back to coping. It was just such a natural transition. Uh, no, I am just more or less teasing because like I did talk about, you know, the beginning of med school was really hard for me, but when, when I like, you know, prepared for this podcast, I didn't really necessarily think about time periods that were hard for me, but more just like things in general about med school that were really tough for me, like emotionally or mentally. And so, you know, some of them we've kind of hinted towards or even talked about, but like one, just having to adjust what success looks like for me was really difficult. And learning not to compare myself because prior to med school, like it is all about comparison. What makes me a better applicant than them? What makes me better on paper than they are? How do I, you know, succeed and do how do I succeed in a way that's positive for me and not negative for other people 
and then coming into med school and worrying less about succeeding or learning worrying less about being competitive and more about succeeding and then defining what success was was really really tough for me like I don't have to score above average to be good enough um so that was really tough for me and then another one that um I think Lexi and I have kind of both talked about and without saying directly is like what was tough for me is life goes on outside of medical school. Like your life does not pause because you go into medical school. And that is really hard. Like people get sick in your life. People have weddings that you miss. People have like these, you know, children that you don't get to spend as much time with as you wish you could because you're in this experience that is so all encompassing and takes up all of your time and all of your energy that even if you do have a day off, it is hard to do something productive with that day because you are just so exhausted. So I think that was really hard for me was just like watching the world go on around me and kind of feeling like I was being held back in a pause during medical school and then ultimately having to learn how to participate in those things in the ways that I can and how to not be put on pause just because I'm in medical school. Um, and then I think the third one for me, which is like kind of related, is medical school is an incredibly isolating experience. People who do not go to medical school do not understand what it's like to be in medical school. Um, so like Lexi was saying, her mom saying, you know, but you're so smart. It's like, everyone's so smart. You don't get it. Or my mom, you know, at one point was like, there's no way that people are calling their parents and visiting their parents like as little as you are. Like, why are you not, you know, reaching out more and coming to see us more? Like every, like other people must be seeing their families more than you are. And it's like, no, it's just like, no, like everyone is so busy. This is how medical school is. And trying to explain that to someone who just has really no reference for what this experience is like can be so isolating. Yeah, I lived like 10 minutes away from my parents throughout medical school, and I don't think I saw them any more than Heidi or Summer did, really. Mm -hmm. yeah. And for our reference, our parents are just farther away. Yeah. 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 But then the things that made that easier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, like, we, you know, we, we got into, but the flip side of the isolation is, like, I've also made some of the best friends I've ever had in medical school. Like, not to, you know, be too sentimental, but, like, I would not have gotten through this experience without Lexi and without Summer and our other friends who, like, were super supportive. And I think that's something that's really important is when you are in medical school, because it is such an isolating experience, do not isolate yourself from your classmates. Like, make friends and protect those relationships and establish boundaries in those relationships because I've seen too many friendships go wrong in medical school because they were comparing scores or they were being competitive with one another or they were using their friends as comparison for success like you know don't be the, that person yeah don't yeah. be that person and like our friend group for the most part doesn't talk about scores we don't we don't have those conversations like we that was tough or like that was really yeah. a struggle or yeah. whatever but we're not sitting here point for point comparing and I think it's important to like make really good relationships and try mm -hmm. to keep medicine kind of not the center of those relationships and I think one thing too that just brings such a positive light to everything in our friend group is that everybody's always rooting for each other yeah so like when someone has a win we're all genuinely really excited about it and just like having that support system and knowing that your friends are going to be so happy for you regardless of what's going on it just makes it really exciting to go back and talk to them even during hard days yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, learning the lesson that, like, someone else's success is not your failure. Like, there is enough success to go around. So, like, yeah. I also feel like if you are somebody that tends to have that mindset of, like, oh, their success is my failure, 
try to flip that into like their success is like motivation to be Mm -hmm. my success you know what I mean I think like watching my friends do really amazing things is like that's awesome I'm gonna learn from them I'm gonna figure out how they got involved in that and then I'm gonna do you know I'm not gonna copy them that's weird but like I'm I'm gonna do you know what I mean like I'm gonna use that like that energy that motivation that excitement to like do my own thing and do it well one like rely on your friends for the areas like you're saying the areas that you're not good at like I was never particularly wonderful at research but Lexi's like a research superstar so Mm -hmm. she's taught me a lot about research or like when I've had research um things that I'm working on that I have questions about you know relying on your friends and being like hey I don't know how to do this like Lex how do you do it or if I have OB-GYN questions like coming to Summer and Lexi and being like I don't understand this OB-GYN topic for the life of me. Like, can you guys tell me about it? And things like that is super helpful. Yeah, and in much the same way, like, Heidi is so good at speaking to people and networking. So I think Mm -hmm. all of us have asked her, like, how do you recommend we talk to this person? What should we do? Um, I'm always like, Heidi, how would you have answered this interview question? (laughs) That I have post-interview regret, but that's okay because I'm better for the next one. (laughs) Yeah, just, like, really relying on each other for their strengths. Yeah, I think that's really true. Um, I could go on a soapbox and get super soapy for a long time. <laughs> or what's the phrase? Not super soapy. Get Where's your loofah? <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? Preachy? Not preachy. Like emotional. Sentimental. Sentimental. Oh, yeah. That's the word. Mushy. 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 Smushy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so definitely have some good friends. Um, invest time and actually like, you know building that relationship with your friends I think that's really important and if you have friends outside of medical school I think that's also a huge thing to keep happening so hard force yourself to maintain relationships for my first two years of medical school I continued to see the same hairstylist in Orlando so that I was forced every eight (laughs) weeks to go and see my friends because like even if I just went up for like 24 or 48 hours I and I would study like in the salon chair and I would listen to podcasts on the way up or whatever like make the most of your time but it forced me to go see my friends outside of medicine for like at least a couple of hours and you know forced me to maintain those relationships because sometimes the last thing you want to talk about is medicine and then your medicine friends want to talk about medicine so that's so true and I think they remind you that there's this whole wide world outside of medical school and that like that's just as important as medical school you know what I mean like I like so many things happened while I was in medical school. My brother, like, got a wife. You know what I mean? So it's like, he got one. He got a kid. He got one. I I don't know why I said that so shocked. Um, (laughs) um, But, like, that's – you know what I mean? It's exciting to be like, oh, like, you know, my brother's, like, introducing this whole other person to our family. Like, let me get to know her. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many things that are going to happen in your life that are still so important. And I think, like, kind of having that to, like, makes you realize, like, okay, this step one is important, but this is not the thing in my life that's going to make or break my life. Right. You know? Like so, I'm crying mm-hmm. about this TBL quiz and my yeah. friends don't even know what TBL stands for. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not that serious. But it does feel that way in the moment. So Absolutely. your feelings are validated in the moment, but try not to make it the like end all be all, I guess is what Definitely. I'm It feels super important. It feels like make or break in the moment, but then just it's so important to try to like take a bigger perspective on it and mm-hmm. be like, you know – yes this is important but it's only as important as it takes to get to the next step i agree yeah. other things that have really helped that's what we're doing right Just like, yeah, yeah other cool. things that have helped <laughs> so other things that have really helped me is like 
in the similar vein of like making sure that you are keeping in contact with your friends outside of medicine I am a peer mentor and I have told this to probably every single student that's like more junior than I am you know um invest in your future productivity and what I mean by that is like taking breaks isn't an investment in your ability Mm -hmm. to produce be productive later because you will burn out. So I'm so bad at this. Yeah. <laughs> I used to be so bad at this. Like fundamentals me was so bad at this. And then it was something that kind of became like a pillar of my like quote unquote success. We'll see after match, but like it became a pillar of like my mental health um, and my wellness plan is like, I have to maintain my hobbies. So whatever it is that you do, like keep doing it. Don't stop doing your hobbies and medicine as much as you can. And like, everyone gets a break for the first two months but after that like you've got to get yourself back on track or however long your introduction period was so like fundamentals I threw everything else in my life out the window and then I slowly started trying to get those things back but like going to the gym for an hour is important for your mental health and that's an investment in your ability to be productive that day later that day or the next day and understanding that like Ultimately, an hour of studying is not going to make that big of a difference on your exam, mm-hmm. but having a good mental health or having good mental health or being in a good mindset will make a difference. So like these are things that an hour of time in the gym or an hour of meditation or I mean, that's a long time to meditate, but like an hour of whatever <laughs> it is you do yeah, will make a huge impact on your mindset and that will make an impact on your scores. But an hour of studying is probably not going to do much for your scores. And I think being open to the fact that your interests might change or you might not want to do the same things you did before medical school is okay. Like before medical school, I figure skated a lot. And then, you know, after medical school, when I started, you know, number one, I didn't really have the time to get to the rink and maintain everything I needed to for that hobby. But I just didn't feel like it anymore (laughs) for whatever reason. And then, you know, in that same vein, I think reading novels was something I liked doing before med school. And then in the chaos of reading so much to study and taking exams, it just wasn't something that brought me joy anymore. So I think I kind of had to have like a one-to-one talk with myself (laughs) and be real about what it is I like doing. Um, And I think that kind of brings me to the fact that knowing your priorities and asking yourself often what your priorities are is really important to maintain your mental health and make sure you're doing the things that make you happy and keep you happy. Yeah, like, do what works for you, and, like, just, like, don't judge yourself for not being, like, quote-unquote productive enough with your break time. Like, whatever you do in your break time is valid as long as it's helping your mental health. So, like, like you were saying, like, you figure skated. Before med school, I did a ton of weightlifting, and then I came into med school, and, like, that was just not something that was giving me the same, like, break, or, like, mental break, Mm -hmm. or, like, you know, whatever that I needed. So then during dedicated, I was, like, suddenly a runner, and, like, I was never a person who ran before I despised running. And then now, like, I don't run anymore. I am a rock climber. So, like, allow yourself to find new hobbies and things that are going to, like, give you that dopamine hit or, like, give you that, like, you know, whatever. You know, find things to get fascinated about. Find things to care about that aren't medicine and, like, allow that to change if that's what's going to help you get through whatever you're doing. Yeah, like, I randomly started collecting sea glass and have now been to, like, several countries to find sea glass which was a really weird hobby in the beginning, but it's kind of transformed and I love it now. It's also okay if you don't have like hobbies that sound super cool on paper. I mean like collecting sea glass, rock climbing, these are all like really cool hobbies, but also it's okay if you just like to like sit in your bed and watch Love is Blind and make lava cake. Absolutely. I love that. (laughs) Who doesn't love lava cake? (laughs) 
or love is blind <laughs> or love is or just like i don't know like it's okay if your hobby is just chilling yeah like you, you yeah. can chill <laughs> again like don't feel like you have to like there is no way to succeed in relaxing right like yeah. other than relaxing like as med students i think we're so geared to like be the best or like do the best thing or like do the most impressive thing like no one cares like as long as you have a wellness plan that's what's important what is involved in that wellness plan as long as you're not causing harm to yourself or others like that's your business who cares Mm -hmm. like if you want to watch netflix all day like have at it if your hobby is just laying on the beach and sleeping like have at it kind of going back to to what heidi said about like it's important to take breaks it's hard it was really that was something i really struggled with because i would do this thing where I was like, I have to do well on exam or I have to do well on X, which means that I have to get through every resource, which means that I have to over plan every single hour. And it's not possible. So (laughs) I would just like really overextend myself and my plans to the point where like there was no reason, there was no way I was going to feasibly get through all I wanted to do in those eight hours of studying. So I think like just be realistic with your study plans and kind of acknowledge that you, or just pick the resources wisely that you're going to use commit to those and then like good riddance to the rest like yeah. don't worry about what other people are doing yeah like, yes other people are going to study in the way that works for them yeah and if that way doesn't work for you do not waste your time like yeah. that was my biggest problem i think even during step one study was like I was studying the way that i thought that i should be studying mm-hmm. instead of studying the way that worked for me so like you know I think it's really helpful to like just figure out what you're doing and if you're improving on your practice tests or you're improving on your scores then like keep doing you and then kind of to jump back to something that Summer was saying of like don't overextend yourself I cannot stress this enough this was like a habit that I had going to the grocery store doing your laundry cleaning your apartment is not a break (laughs) like that does not count as your wellness plan like even as someone who like loves to clean like it's okay but target is wellness target is wellness target is wellness for me Publix is not (laughs) (laughs) and that brings us kind of to the topic of how do you maintain your life and things that you want to do during medical school definitely I think it can be really hard to like um not live your like I just said earlier like not live your life on pause and not let like you just don't get stuck and just like this is where I entered medical school so like this is the stage of life I'm going to continue to be in all of medical school I think especially with the three of us like we all went through and had pretty like substantial events like I I met my partner the first week of med school um to clarify they are not in med school with me (laughs) but like we started dating the first week of med school and like we developed an entire relationship and then I planned a proposal and got engaged in medical school. Lexi like got engaged and also had a whole wedding in medical school. Like Summer got engaged. Like you can continue to like progress through life. It's just important to find ways to do that. So I don't know, we can talk a little bit about like how we do that. Yeah, I guess it's hard to think back retrospectively about how it happened. I think you know, some part of me wants to be like, you know, things just happen during medical school. Like, you can't stop things and it, I don't know, just before you know it, they're there. But I think to some degree, too, you kind of do need to plan and you need to let yourself live. Um, You know, like they were saying, I got engaged and then I got married during medical school. And I think it would have been really easy for me to postpone all of that just until residency and then 
you know, how would I do that during residency? And then I would postpone again. Um, but I think allowing myself to have the time to do something for myself and for my life was ultimately why <laughs> I did that. Uh, but, you know, it's not to say that it's always going to be sunshine and rainbows or whatever phrase summer used before. But, you know, it's definitely possible if you plan things and um, you make time for it. Uh, so for me, for planning my wedding, I talked with Danielle, who's the director of student affairs here, and literally asked what would be a good day for me to get married. <laughs> and I know it sounds a little bit ridiculous, but it's true. You know, sometimes you need the input of your school and your admin to figure out when you would have the most time to do things. And I really wanted to do that so that way I could have the most possible time to enjoy seeing my family and getting married as I possibly could. And I think like, kind of the lesson that I've learned from that that like you're talking about is like really making the most of the time that you have off in medical school and like utilizing those breaks to not only rest but like to gain life experiences like try your best to you know work with your family to make big events happen within your break time if you even have like two days off like if you can make the most of that time and like whether it's you go see a family member you have dinner with a dinner with a friend who like isn't in med school or whatever like it was really important to my partner and I, we love to travel and like that's a big way that we bond with one another. That's a lot of the things we like to do involve us traveling, like hiking and rock climbing and whatever. So for us, it was really important to see what break time we had and then like really just try to pack as much in as we could into that time. And that involves like communicating with your school, like similar to Lexi. She went in and asked, like, when's a good time for me to get married? And then I went in and asked, like, when's a good time for me to get engaged? Like, I want, I need to plan a whole proposal and, like, uh, definitely not a whole wedding. But Lexi was understanding and, like, understood I also had limited time off. So I proposed to my partner, like, a week and a half or two weeks, like, when after her wedding, like, basically two days after she got back from her honeymoon. And, you know, working with your friends to kind of coordinate life events so that you can be present at them and then make the most of the time that you have off and, like do the most you can with it. I think it's also important to mention too that a lot of times there's breaks that are happening and you're seeing your friends and your classmates going on really cool vacations and seeing their family and sometimes just because of life circumstance that's not possible for you. You know so for me during one of my breaks I had the death of a family member and during another break I needed to have surgery and you know, during those times, my friends were traveling and in other countries and having so much fun. And so you kind of feel to some degree that you're missing out on those things. But, you know, I think it's important to give yourself, you know, the time that you need, give yourself the allowance to do what you need to life goes on. Um, you know, and things are not always great and positive. Um, but it does go on, which is the positive. Yeah, and, like, use your breaks to do whatever is restful for you. So, like, traveling for me is really rejuvenating. But, like, if you have a family member die or you have a health issue, like, use that time to rest and heal or to mourn, like, as you is appropriate and, like, as you can. Like, just, you know, it's really nice when those things, as terrible as those things are, if we can line those up with breaks, it's great. So we've talked a lot about, I feel um, – our first two years of medical school before you go into clinicals. But um, we should also probably talk about um, the third and fourth year. I think they're challenging in different ways. I think um, the first two years, it's just, it's really stressful. It's a lot. You're drinking from a fire hose. It's a lot of information to retain. And I feel like 
at that point, like for me, I was trying to focus on, you know, just like getting an exercise, maintaining time for hobbies, taking breaks. But then third and fourth year, I feel like we're different in different ways. I feel like it was just much more exhausting being around so many people all day. And I think what really made it difficult for me was this idea that I was being graded by preceptors and residents. And so I always felt like I had to be like on. There was never a moment where I felt like I could just kind of like sit down and be me and just kind of learn. You know, I always kind of felt this like, oh, I should be doing something. I should have the appearance of doing something. I should be, um, you know, doing appearing some way that's going to benefit me or make me look better to attendings or residents. And I wasn't always necessarily like I wasn't trying to be a gunner. It was just like I didn't want to be, I don't know. I just had this idea that I was like constantly being looked at. Um, And so I think that like really wore me out in the beginning. But I think I just kind of like had to realize as I went throughout rotations that it's okay to kind of relax and to just turn into who you are naturally obviously have some self-awareness and be present and do the things that you're supposed to do as a student but it's also okay to kind of fall into your own personality and try not to be so um, overwhelmed with what other people are thinking of you or thinking of your presentations or how you're interacting and just kind of use it truly as a learning experience rather than an opportunity to you know get a higher rating or a grade. Yeah, I think uh, similar to you, I I found that my clerkship years were much less academically challenging for me, but much more draining. Like, I have never been more tired than some of these days I was leaving the hospital. And I think a big contributing factor to that was like what you're saying. I was just constantly felt like I had to be on. Um, and once I learned that, like, a couple things, right? So one it's okay, like you're saying, to have a personality. You don't have to be whatever this picture we've created in our minds of like a perfect student is. Um, But also like your residents understand that these are long days because they're long days for your residents too. And they understand that sometimes there are just going to be lulls in productivity because there's not that much to do or you're waiting for something. So like, it's okay not to always be doing something. And it's actually really beneficial to develop some type of like camaraderie with your residents and like show them that you're a person too. It's okay to joke around. It's okay to have fun as long as you are still maintaining a professional relationship or, you know, still presenting yourself in a professional manner. But professional doesn't mean like not having fun, not laughing, constantly monitoring every little thing that you do all of the time. And then the other thing that I learned is like people are paying much less attention to you than you think they are. Like Mm -hmm. I used to be concerned when they would send me to a supply closet and I would grab like, I didn't know exactly what I was going for. And I would grab like two or three things. I was like, God, they're going to think that I'm like so silly for not knowing what this is. And then having to grab a couple things to make sure I got the right thing. And like, I would just overthink something as simple as that for so long. And reality, they were probably like, well, good for you for like recognizing you didn't know what it was. And then coming up with a solution instead of just like trying to BS your way through it. But also like, they will forget by the next day. Like, Mm -hmm. I I promise you, whatever silly thing that you think you have done, some other medical student has probably made, like, a a mistake a hundred times more embarrassing. And it's just a part of the process. They know that we don't know things. So, like, take a deep breath and allow yourself to be human. I think it was, like, a big lesson for me. Yeah, I think what also sometimes makes it really hard is having attendings that aren't as enthusiastic as others or maybe have, like, more of a colder demeanor. Um, sometimes it's really hard not like 
in those situations, I had to learn not to take that personally. I found that to be more of a reflection of who they are as opposed to how they're reacting to me. And so I think learning yeah. that was also something that really helped me throughout the year. I think for- that's, oh, go ahead. You go for it. No, I think that's a really good point that, you know, we're talking about how it's okay to come into your own and be yourself. And, you know, at the same token, a lot of the attendings that you're working with are doing the same thing. Uh, they're being themselves and for some that's not going to be giving you constant feedback and you know being really open and warm and friendly and um, I think it's important to remember that you know the vast majority of the time the way that you're attending is acting has nothing to do with you absolutely like I remember there was like one day where my attending like I didn't do as well as I thought I should have done on a presentation and then afterwards my attending like pulled aside my resident and I was like oh no she's asking him like why I'm not doing well and like they're talking about my poor performance on this one thing and I'd like just you know spun this whole web of stories about like why this was happening and then later I like asked my resident you know is there something I can do to improve did the attending say something about my performance and he was like no, she got in trouble because my notes were bad. <laughs> it's like, oh, it had nothing to do with you. Like most things that you think are about you are most likely not about you. And if mm-hmm. you are doing something like not well, someone's going to tell you or you can ask. Like if you're worried about your performance, it's okay to ask for feedback at an appropriate time. But like really try to focus on the fact that like 90% of things that are happening in the hospital have absolutely nothing to do with you. Yeah. And also, like, you have to remember, especially with residents, like, they are busy. They're working longer hours oftentimes than we are. And, like, they have a lot of responsibilities. So that along the lines with the attendings, if they're not immediately warm and friendly and welcome and, like, super enthusiastic, like, just remember they have a lot going on, too. So it's not, again, it's not a reflection of you always. It's sometimes just the circumstance. Um, and so I think... Similar to first year, third and fourth years, I think maintain times for your hobbies, maintain those supportive friendships, um, try to take care of yourself, get as much sleep as you can, don't overexert the study plans. Um, what other tips do you guys have? I think one of the things was, is like, you know, try to build a team dynamic with the other medical students that you're working with and like really try to be collaborative like you know of course clerkships is a time you know preclinical for us is not graded it's pass fail so there's not a lot of room for competition because it really doesn't matter but i think in the clerkship space you see a lot more people start becoming competitive and i think that that oftentimes comes with a lot of toxicity and so like if you can avoid that and try really hard to like work in collaboration with your fellow medical students and like build a team dynamic the way that you work with the people around you is going to have a huge impact on your wellness during that time and during that rotation. So like try to help them out. And if you help them out and you make the first move to be collaborative, a lot of times that's going to be reciprocated because everyone's nervous and everyone is scared. They don't know enough. Right. So like, I would just say, try to really make the most of building relationships with your peers on these rotations and like utilizing them to, find a way to take a break during the day, you know, have lunch together or don't. And then on the opposite of that, like, don't be afraid to like have lunch by yourself if that's what you need to decompress. Like I remember, you know, being on surgery, which was a super hard rotation for me and I was exhausted. And like, I kind of just texted some of my friends on the rotation who I normally would spend time with in the mornings. and was like, Hey, I'm going to go upstairs by myself. Cause like, I just need a minute alone. It's so, like, you know, don't be 
afraid to build relationships with the people that you're on those rotations with and to like ask for the things you need especially if that's like support or the opposite if that's you need to be left alone I think me and Summer actually did a really good job on this when we were on our surgery rotation I think we checked in with each other often we you know asked if there's any specific surgeries that the other one wanted to see really badly and you know we kind of just made time for each other and I think that helped a lot going through that rotation yeah absolutely um so I think we're we've talked a lot about like our experiences and like kind of the challenges I feel like hopefully for you guys this kind of normalizes a lot of the feelings that you might be expressing but if you're ever at a point where you feel like you need some extra help there definitely are some resources do we want to kind of go through some of the resources that they have here at Nova? Yeah, so um, one that I actually didn't know about until relatively recently is if you have the NOVA student health insurance, you can actually get free telehealth mental, um, well, you can get free telehealth mental health provider or care. Uh, So they have like psychologists and I think they even have psychiatrists and stuff like that that are available via telehealth that's like either super affordable or free through the student health insurance, not necessarily through NOVA, but like you know, if you don't want to go to like a support system through Nova, you can do it through your insurance. And you get 10 free sessions a year, mm-hmm. which is a lot. At yeah. Henderson, at Nova. Oh, at Henderson. I didn't realize those were two separate things. Yeah. So that's actually like where I was pretty surprised. So through Nova and their like mental health clinic, which is Henderson, you get 10 free sessions. But then separate from that through the student health insurance, so like through New United Health, you mm-hmm. can actually get men- free or reduced cost mental oh, health care. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And then also through Henderson, I think something that I didn't really realize initially is they do more than just typical um, counseling, than like individual counseling. Like they do like couples counseling. They help with test anxiety. They can help with financial worries. It's like all on their flyer if you go to their website. Um, but it's more than more than just I initially thought. And then on top of that, you know, if you are at NOVA, like, NOVA has an incredibly supportive student affairs team. So, like, you know, reaching out to your faculty can be really helpful. Like, I know there was times, especially during preclinical, where I was, if I was really struggling with a topic or really struggling in general, like, I I felt like there was a good amount of faculty I could reach out to and, you know, talk to and be like, hey, I, I like, could use some support in this way. Like, how can I be better in this area? Absolutely. I think a lot of our faculty are really supportive if you come to them and a lot of them have been in our shoes and they know what it's like and they can offer some really good perspectives. And then your friends. Yes, of course. Friends and peer mentors if you feel close to them as well. Sometimes they can kind of give that like, like I didn't think that third year would be a hard year. Everybody talks about how it's such a this great year where you enter the hospital and everything. And then I was like, dang, but I'm tired and this is hard. And I just, I don't, I hadn't realized that. So sometimes it is helpful just to get that perspective from people above you. Um, just yeah. to like, you know, some, some feedback or not feedback, but just some reassurance, I guess. Yeah. And if you like don't mesh well with your assigned peer mentor, like speaking as a peer mentor, no one's going to be offended if you find another person in the class above you to act as a mentor or another peer mentor that you feel like you fit better with. But I think you can't like, I think Summer has a really good point. Like, I can't stress enough how helpful it is to have relationships with people in the class above you who can, like, support you and tell you, like, I've literally been in your shoes. This is how I survived. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much all we really have to say. Um, 
And thank you guys so much for listening. Unless you guys have anything else you want to finish up on? No, I think this has been a really informative uh, topic, and I'm glad we did it. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. See ya. Bye. Bye.